0: And welcome everybody back to episode 9. I guess they're not coming back to episode 9. I guess they're just coming back to the podcast. But welcome to episode 9 of Memory Card Memoirs. I'm your host as usual, Sterling Silver. And we definitely got a different episode for today because this is the first time we're doing a non-Japanese game. And uh, I think I got the perfect guest for it. We got the uh, spectacular Canadian geek himself. Steve Bagvari, how are
1: you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show, and yeah, I, I'm stoked to, to be here and to kind of, you know, give you some some content that, you know, might not be, you know, Japanese uh, <laughs> game-oriented, so yeah, I, but, I'm excited I, for I this even, milestone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose, it's just like, we just talked about yeah. games, and I realized like, damn, we have not done a Western game yet. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it should be good.
0: Uh, why don't you uh, tell some people who you are, what you do?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, as you said, Steve Agvari. Uh, I'm a host on the Canadian Geekcast, Cast, uh, a uh, Canadian-centric podcast. Uh, and I'm also a freelance writer, uh, going around and doing a you know, whole bunch of fr- uh, mercenary work for uh, websites like iPhone in Canada, Console Creatures, Squad, Mobile Syrup, uh, I also do some work for uh, the Canadian Game Awards as well, doing content writing and hosting for them. Uh, so yeah, if if there's like a Canadian website that's focused on on games and tech, you've probably seen my name some somewhere on there at at some point or another. So yeah, that's the that's the long and short of it.
0: Hell yeah! I think I think we met because I knew Dennis obviously because Dennis yeah. is everywhere too. Right. And, and him and I worked at uh, the very first website i ever worked at game savvy oh right and then i've just kind of kept in contact with them Uh, and that's how i met you
1: yeah yeah we Um, had you on the canadian geek cast that was a fun time talking about uh castlevania which was wicked yeah yeah (laughs) are you uh speaking of like other netflix shows are you
0: checking out cowboy bebop just came out today
1: i'm going to just out of curiosity We'll see how it is. I've heard mixed things. Some people are, are really digging it. Some people are like, "Eh, why are they doing this?" So, I'll I'll, I'll try yeah. it. I don't really have that much like affiliation with the original like the anime, so I'm I'm just going in with like no next to no expectations. Uh, what about you?
0: I'm excited for it at first, like I had that mindset like, "What the fuck is the point of this?" Like it, yeah. it's it's probably going to be bad just because It's an anime adaptation, but I think it's, like... Cowboy Bebop is the kind of anime where it's, like... It's not very cartoony or goofy, in a sense. Like, it's not, like, something like One Piece or Dragon Ball, where it's, like... I don't think it'd be hard to translate into live action. And I think this is definitely... Because, like, Netflix has already done the video game adaptation things with, like, The Witcher. And it's clearly, like, working for them so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely think this is, like, their their pilot for like how well their anime adaptations are going to go because i know they have like the last airbender they have the one piece live action so we'll see how it goes but i'm optimistic yeah and i think this might be like (laughs)
1: their little redemption from uh the death note adaptation yeah <laughs> which people yeah. Oh. I, honestly i thought it was pretty okay as far as like okay, westernized adaptations i was like it's not bad william defoe killed it obviously i th- I, I thought I he did a phenomenal job
0: it's a terrible like adaptation yeah like it, you know it's nothing like the source material no but it's still like a decent movie yeah it's still like i don't know i i sure some of the acting is a bit iffy but like you said william defoe is fucking perfect yeah so good and and i uh, i watched
1: it with my my girlfriend who has like no idea about death Note nothing and she was she was like that was actually really awesome like so and, and then if, you're
0: like damn wait till you watch the anime
1: absolutely exactly right uh couldn't get her to to commit to the anime but we had a good time and uh, i think from like an outsider's perspective that's that's kind of what you're going for right like that's what Netflix yeah. is bread and butter is just kind of inviting a, a generalized audience
0: We're not here to talk about Netflix. We're here to talk about uh, what I—it's your favorite game of all time, right? I think you said to me once. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Halo Two, a game I have no experience with, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, I've—I think I've played like maybe 15 minutes of like Halo Three back in the day against one of my friend's brothers, and he just kicked my ass, and I was like, this ain't funny. Yeah. So where does your story begin with Halo Two?
1: With Halo, 2, I guess my story with Halo Two begins with Halo One. Uh, I, the the Halo <laughs> franchise as a whole has had such an impact on my life. Um, it, ever since like I played the original Halo the year it came out, like twenty years ago at this point now, because uh, Xbox is celebrating, you know, twenty years of Halo, twenty oh, years yeah. of Xbox, which is cool. Uh, I played it at my my cousin's place just before Christmas and immediately i was like what is this game this is so cool uh and so different it, it, it's sci-fi it's oh it's it felt open world in a way it felt grand and all this and immediately i went to my parents i was like i need an xbox and i need halo combat evolved and they got it. luckily they got it for me for christmas and then flash forward to 2004 and at that point i played halo combat evolved many times over and I begged and pleaded I was with my parents. I was like, I need a pre-order for Halo 2. I, I can't miss this and everything. And this was 2004. So I would have been 14, freshman year of high school and everything. And Dang. yeah, so as, as you can imagine, like couldn't go to the, the midnight launch myself. It just wouldn't happen because it was an M-rated game and everything. So I remember begging my dad i was like just go to eb and pick up the game at midnight and he's like what are you talking about (laughs) like no and i i was like come on come on It's, it's gonna be awesome and my my dad uh growing up has always kind of been into video games Uh, Since he's like semi-retired now, he's been like hardcore into it. But at the time, he was like, "Okay, I'll go to the midnight launch. I'll stand in the line with like all these nerds and everything." (laughs) And (laughs) he begrudgingly did it and came back at like midnight. And yeah, I sunk in a couple hours into into Halo Two that night. And ever since then, I was like, "Holy shit! They they're nailing this. They're evolving everything I loved about Halo Combat Evolved, and just..." just bumping it up to the like the 10th degree and ever since then it has just been that game i it's kind of like comfort food in a way and it's kind of that game that i can just go back to and pick apart and criticize but at the same time appreciate every little bit from the story the uh just the the gameplay elements and even the music the music is just beautiful in that game and yeah sometimes i struggle between calling this one my game Uh, my favorite game of all time or super mario world like those are the two games that i grapple with because i just put them on such a like such a such a pedestal uh between those two games yeah
0: not to go a little off topic but like man midnight releases back in the day were so much fun oh yeah they're like so hype so actually i went to one last night for pokemon like my oh no kidding the EB Games, which I just found out they're rebranding back to GameStop, eh? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. I I just found out last night, and they're like, "Yeah, we're doing a midnight release for Pokemon." I was like, "Damn!" I I literally haven't been to a midnight release in five years. Back in 2016, uh, I was like, "This is this is really cool." I went by myself, and like it was a little cold, so it wasn't as fun. Sure. But I find like you always like I don't know. I always like strike up a conversation with a stranger, or yep. like you know everyone's just super excited. It's a nice time. And, you know, we're all there for the same reason, so we all have something in common. But,
1: oh, absolutely. But yeah. I, I used to love the Midnight launch, uh, like hype and everything. I think, I can't remember what the last one I went to. It might have been the original Destiny was the last one I yeah. went to. So that that was quite a while ago at this point, maybe like five years or so. Um, but, yeah, between that, I remember like Grand Theft Auto V a couple call of duties there um yeah so some really great midnight and like you said like the collective like hive mind of everyone just gathering to one place and just striking up conversations with strangers was actually a lot of fun
0: yeah i miss it and you know i'm sure uh over the past like two years like covid had an impact on you know that being a thing but anyway yeah uh uh What was like the big difference like what jumped in quality so much from Combat Evolved to Halo 2?
1: I think just in terms of the scope of whether you take a look at the gameplay or the story Bungie just went and blew everything up so Halo Combat Evolved I mean for the for the uninitiated I guess. It's just this like singular story of Master Chief landing on a halo ring and just fighting the Covenant and the Flood. It's a very like basic story of good versus evil kind of thing. And you don't really know why um this Covenant army is really against humanity. You don't really understand what the the flood is, which is are these like parasitic creatures that can like latch onto any kind of living being and just like create or make them like a host essentially for them and, and it's a very just basic story and once you get to halo 2 they took everything and just like blew it up so then you start getting into the the covenant army and looking at their factions and their inner workings uh, to like a political degree and and the flood and what controls the flood and why the flood is even exists in the first place and then you see just humanity as a whole and you get to see earth for the first time in in this in this franchise a very different earth a very uh it, it almost it, it is futuristic it, the story does take place in the future and everything but you just see like africa as like this metro state like it, with like tall skyscrapers and stuff like that like stuff that you wouldn't see in any really in any kind of other medium right now. Anyways, there no story is really baked into like Africa as like a central location. It's just really cool. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I've always really appreciated out of Halo combat evolved, Halo two and Halo three, but really it started beginning in Halo two was the fact that the franchise is really baked into this. um, It's really baked into biblical references something that i don't think like a lot of people even think about is that it takes something like i said the flood is is this parasitic thing that just takes over and wants to take over the universe and so uh early early uh humans created this thing called the ark obviously to to save themselves from the flood and there's just like you know, undertones of, like, Christianity and religious zealots and everything in embo- embroiled in, in Halo, and it's, it's just really cool. And at the time, I think it was just, like, the right time, right place for me. Being 14, I was like, oh, this sci-fi is like, very different. It's not Star Wars. It's not, I don't know, a- any kind of other uh, sci-fi that really exists out there. I thought they did, like, a really great job of expanding on what Halo is.
0: Well, I feel like back in the day, right? Like, because uh, Xbox was right after, you know, the N sixty four and mm-hmm. the PS one. Like, there weren't a lot of sci fi like like game franchises, right? No. Like, uh, Final Fantasy was big. You know, yeah. Mario was big, um, and that was kind of the first one where it's like, yo, we're gonna be uh sci-fi but also you know after something like goldeneye like that was like yo hard fps yeah uh and again because back then like i was probably like six or seven so you have yeah. some years on me so like what was that like i don't know what that was like maybe you can explain it a bit better like what did that do for the fps genre
1: I don't think enough people give Halo Two specifically enough credit for what it did for in terms of how we play games nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to remember that Halo Two came out two years after Xbox Live first launched, and at, at that time it was very minimal. I think like the first couple games were like a Madden using yeah. like online support and stuff like that. Halo Two was the first to be like, oh, you have to get xbox live to play this game like it, it was it was that um like must play game and it introduced matchmaking it was the very first game on console to introduce matchmaking so before you would have to like click into a lobby to join this lobby uh in order to to play an online game and here it just did the work for you it, it, put, it put you like you were like okay i want to play team deathmatch or, or Slayer. Let's just find an open open lobby, and Halo Two did all the work for you, so you just got dropped in with your friends or with randoms. Um, and the other thing was that it introduced was playlists too. So if you wanted to play Capture the Flag, you just click Capture the Flag, and th- this is just stuff that you know you don't even think about anymore. You you launch up Call of Duty, and all this all these features are just there because of 20 years or nearly 20 years of of history but it it all goes back to halo 2 and it really revolutionized how first person shooter games play on console uh
0: what about in the terms of like xbox live like did you have xbox live back in the day because again because of the age difference my memory was that online play like didn't really explode until the 360 era
1: no, that's true. It was very archaic when I actually think back to it. Um, but no, Halo 2, day and day, like that was the driving factor to get uh, Xbox Live because it, it it was that that thing of you know, every day at school we'd me and my friends would talk about Halo 2's campaign. And then as soon as school was over, it was like, all right, see you in five minutes because we're jumping on Halo 2 and just <laughs> just ripping multiplayer. And that was it, like day after day after day. And then we spent so many grueling hours um, online. And th- this was back in the day when like unlimited internet didn't exist. So yeah. all of our parents were like, can this game just go away? Like, <laughs> Are you guys done with this? And no, it, it, it was a really special time, but yeah yeah again xbox live and halo 2 just kind of went hand in hand so well together
0: yeah i feel like so many gamers and especially like people in the the xbox and the 360 era like it's it's hard to describe and it's hard to like give pinpoint or specific stories but like those times where because i had the same thing like in high school i would you know we'd Hang out with our friends all day, but then you'd yep. go home and I'd hop on like Black Ops with my friends all night. And we'd, right. we'd talk in an Xbox Live party all night. And it's like, you know, I can't, I don't remember like the things we talked about. I no. don't remember like specific things, but it's like those were the best times. Like we, you know, it was just, it was the epitome of like, kids being kids and dudes being dudes because like we would just talk about random bullshit yeah, that didn't matter whatever
1: yeah who who cares and, like what the conversations were it was like in all honesty at, at some points like the game was secondary it, it was mm-hmm. just an yeah, excuse to yeah. just hang out with friends and everything that was happening on screen was just background noise to the conversation and
0: yeah and and that's what i did like because I wasn't huge into like FPS and multiplayer games. Yeah. So I'd I'd get in the chats and I'd just like grind for Gil in Final Fantasy 13 while I talk to my <laughs> friends all night. Sure. And it's funny because like I've been telling people this and I, I don't know if it's just because of like gamer culture or like because you know, our industry is more left leaning, but like mm. when I say like us guys, like we would talk like dudes, it was never like Oh, you girls and stuff. It's like, we'd always talk about like mental health, like what's happening in our lives, like personal shit. And it's just like, it was such a good, like, like even though you get older and you know, people get families and like, you really start to create like strong bonds with like partners and stuff. It's like, that was such a good support system back in the day. Just like talking to your friends every day. Cause as you get older, right? Like you don't have time for that.
1: No, absolutely. And yeah, it was very, therapeutic it was very cathartic to, to be able to like like you said, I mean, now it has such a such a negative meaning, but like to have like this boys' club where you could just talk about what happened at school and to have that support system or what's happening at home because like maybe it's just you're talking about something that you can't talk about with your parents or something or your siblings. Yeah. You don't feel comfortable. But but just to have this group of friends uh that you could just talk to and be able to do that over an online game it's just amazing and a lot of that you know was attributed to halo 2 like that was the, the epicenter of online gaming um on console just as a way mm-hmm. like doom and and wolfenstein were so influential to first person shooters and games of that that kind on pc that's halo 2 on console
0: mm-hmm. do you do you have any, like, specific stories or anything? And it's okay if you don't, but, like, you know, of, like, I don't know, spending a weekend and, like, playing it with your friends or, like, maybe something happened or something
1: I I wish I really, I, like... I wish I did. And the, the reason I probably don't is because that whole era was just, like, a blur. Like, it all meshed together so well because, yeah. like I said, it was... Almost like an obsession, where every day it, it was, was every weekend, right? It, it was every weekend. So. Like I couldn't pinpoint <laughs> one thing versus another because it all just felt like it happened at the same time, kind of thing. Although the mm. the one thing I do wish that I do want to kind of bring up, and I I have such a fond memory of, is that at the time, and this is again a, a pro, like a bygone product of of Halo 2, was that online the game had like proximity chat functionality. For better or worse, what what would happen is, (laughs) yeah, for for better, you can imagine where this is going, but for for better or worse, like, the closer you got to, like, a different team, they would be able to hear you. So, I mean, from a strategic standpoint, like, yeah, it sucks because you'd be doing call outs or, like, strategizing with your teammates and they'd be able to hear and counter that. But then you'd also get, like, death comms where if you kill someone, you'd get, like, two to three seconds of their open mic. Which is just awesome to hear, like, rage moments, but at the same time, like, that's definitely where some of, like, the racism and toxicity of, like, <laughs> online gaming culture started from. So I can see why they got rid of it so quickly after Halo 2. But in all honesty, like, again, kids being kids, like, it was really funny just to hear that that pure rage coming from a, an, enemy, <laughs> an enemy team when, when you're just, like, decimating them and just having so much fun, like, with that. Yeah, uh, it was it was such a a product like that that would never happen anymore because everyone plays on like or everyone talks on like Discord or or party chats and stuff like that. You you rarely ever hear anyone actually talk through the game anymore. So proximity chat and stuff like that just doesn't really work, but I I definitely hold that as like a fond memory of just being able to laugh at like the other team and probably vice versa too. Probably people laughed at me when I was like oh, fuck sakes like how did this guy kill me and stuff like that like yeah so yeah that's definitely definitely one thing i i look back on very fondly
0: my favorite was always like when you kill someone and they have like that moment of clarity where they're like man fuck you and then they're like ah, that was pretty good though good job and you're like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah whenever you get
1: like the wholesome like all right that was pretty good dude <laughs> like that that's that's a rewarding moment
0: yeah uh and, like, I, I feel like it can't be overstated how just that communication effect, like you said, just, like, having uh, a way to do chat and, like, call it to your friends. Like, uh, f- for things like Discord or Xbox Live Parties or even things like eSports, right? Like, I'm sure this mm-hmm. game was such a huge, like, precedent to something like eSports. Yeah. Um, but, again, it's just cool, especially for... Somebody like me or probably some of our listeners who were a bit too young to be there in that time. Sure. <laughs> uh, what about the story of Halo? Because, again, for me, I have no idea what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, can you kind of walk us through, like, at least the first, like, three games? Like, what? Again, I don't even exactly know. I know who Master Chief is, but, like, who he right. is, what he does, why he's important, stuff like that.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, so kind of just boiling it down, it is a very complicated and kind of complex and layered story. Um, I think to a degree that a lot of people don't even really acknowledge who are outside of it, they just kind of see this, you know, huge green figure like green soldier and they're like, oh, he just shoots bad guys. That's that's it. But it it is a very layered story, and like I said, a lot of religious undertones as well in there. But basically, um, yeah, it's, it's far flung into the future. Master Chief is this super soldier who went who was kidnapped as as a, a child through the government and was under and put through this like rigorous, uh, super soldier training uh, program, and he was one of the only um, kids or you know as they grew up to to actually live through it. So he he rose through the ranks and got dubbed like the the Master Chief, John One One Seven, um, and at, at a certain time like. There is this under underlying uh, war between humanity and the Covenant, which is this alien race. Um, at the time, you don't really know why they're fighting. They're just kind of fighting. And you're, you're Master Chief, and you're in cryo cryosleep, and you're a- aboard the ship. And as they're trying to evade, evade the Covenant, they come across this giant halo ring in space. This just circle and they they end up crash landing on it and it has different biomes on it like on the inner circle and it's it's almost like a living breathing world but it's all artificial and what they dis what master chief and humanity discovers is that there's a series of halo rings throughout the galaxy and they're all put in there to basically be a a final uh stopgap in the event to stop the flood, which, as I mentioned, is this parasitic um, creature or like parasitic group of creatures that can just latch onto any living organism, kind of take over their mind and make them the more units of the flood, essentially. Uh, so, so the halo rings were created as a way to just wipe out all living matter uh, across the galaxy. And it's it's kind of like this final stop gap so then you have master chief who's like okay well we gotta we gotta put the kibosh on on these halo rings destroy them and then you have the covenant who's being led by these religious zealots um who are like okay well let's use the halo ring wipe out humanity and in their own you know, fucked up minds. They're like, we're going to transcend into the greater plane. Like there's their version of heaven, essentially. So they're thinking like, okay, we're going to use the halo ring, wipe out all of humanity, save, save ourselves. But in the, in the end, like they're actually just, you know, causing even more chaos. So you have these like, this almost like triangle of, of humanity, the covenant and the flood kind of all going against each other with like their own like political political gains and all that and yeah you start being introduced to various other other characters like the arbiter and then you have cortana who a lot of people who don't even know a lot about halo probably, probably know she's the blue ai um and, and yeah that's basically the the long and short of it of just master chief is just out to save humanity and and the galaxy uh mm-hmm. it, it it is a very textured and layered story once you start getting into it um it it's a little confusing too at times that's why there ha- there are so many like books and graphic novels and there, there are even like awesome podcasts to be honest uh that go over like that are like canon uh that go over like the the backstory of halo but yeah uh a lot of people i think don't give bungie Enough credit for that first, uh, well, trilogy and then Halo ODST and then Halo Reach, and then it got passed on to 343 Studios who are manning the helm now. But that, yeah, that first trilogy of Halo games was really, really special. And I think Halo 2 was that the pinnacle of it all.
0: And I've always been curious because I have this kind of negative connotation with the idea of storytelling that doesn't end so as uh, something like halo which has been going on for like i think four console generations now like is there an end to this like is there do you is there is there like a goal for the story like is uh and do you think something like microsoft or 343 would like make this franchise end one day because, like you said, like yeah. like from from what I know is like it, the series has evolved a lot in terms of like where the story is going.
1: Yeah. No. No. For sure. I I struggle to say that it will ever end because Master Chief is Xbox. You you can't yeah. think of the console without you thinking of the Green Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, there is a stop. There is an end to the original story, Halo. Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, and Halo 3 is a compact story. Like, it it does have a beginning, middle, and end. And if you wanted, you could play those three games and be like, cool, I got what I needed, I'm out. Then you have ODST and Reach, which are spinoffs, if you want, like, a little more backstory and a little more expansive universe building kind of stuff. 4 and 5 are starting to, like, build towards this new story, which I guess is being concluded in Infinite. But at the same time, 343 has been very transparent where they're like, this is a game that's going to go on in perpetuity, uh, which we're just going to keep adding on new campaign elements and stuff like that. So I don't really know what that looks like in terms of, is this going to be a conclusion to a new trilogy? Is this going to be just them padding out a story for god knows how long i don't really know how how a halo infinite is gonna really fit into this uh right now but yeah i do think that there is an end or was an end at least between halo uh ce 2 and 3 but yeah it's just it's just hard especially right now when i mean halo infinite's multiplayer has just come out and you see the the record-breaking numbers it's having I don't think anyone in their right mind would be like, "Yeah, we're gonna end this now." <laughs> when Halo, yeah. after after nearly ten years since uh, since it got passed on to three four three, is finally back in the limelight. Like it, it struggled. There were there were dark days for the Halo franchise there for a while, and now it finally seems like, oh, people are people are stoked for Halo, and I I feel good about that right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was it? Because you know, even if for someone like me who hasn't played it, like. I feel like everybody knows about like the the three four three takeover. Like, what was yeah. it? What made it so dark? I, I don't. understand.
1: It was it was a hu- huge combination of things. I think one being that it was three four three and not Bungie. That was also ju- that was already such a such a big thing to see mm-hmm. a different studio kind of just take over something that was so cherished by a community of people. And then also it was very. It, because we ended Halo 3 and there was an end point, it was very abrupt to be like okay, now we're starting this brand new story that kind of picks off where Halo 3 left off, but it is radically different we're bringing in all these new elements to to, to the focus as well, and then Halo 5 just did not deliver uh, the, the marketing of that game made it seem like we were getting a very different game from a story perspective uh, there's that icon like a now infamous uh halo 5 um trailer where master chief is wearing like this like sand cape and he has like a hood on and everything it looks really bad Yeah, yeah you remember that that's not in the game that has nothing to do with the game nothing like at no point is there even like a slight reference to that and i think a lot of people are like why why would you create this trailer i don't know very weird stuff and then I think the the third linchpin in all of that was the Halo Master Chief collection which came out and just was not working because of like server issues and stuff like that but ironically what was like the worst part of the the 343 takeover was turned out to be like their saving grace because they put so much passion and commitment into the Master Chief collection that at this point now I think six years since release that thing is one of the best platforms for people who want halo content to come in with because it has all the games it has the two anniversary editions of halo ce and halo 2 um the online infrastructure is incredible and the fact that can you
0: go back and like play the older multiplayers or
1: at a at a oh uh, the older multiplayer well you can play all the multiplayers but they're brought over uh to to play on xbox one and pc at this point
0: oh so like you could go back to halo 2 and still play online with people then eh?
1: oh yeah yeah like it's not it's not on like the original servers they took took those down i think in 2007 or something like that like a long time ago but Yeah. yeah you can play online halo 2 online halo 3 dang online all of them essentially but yeah um yeah, they put a lot of commitment into that game, and that was when everyone was like, "All right, maybe Halo Infinite isn't going to be a write-off. Uh, maybe there's going to be something here."
0: And then <laughs> people saw the, you know, that opening uh, when they first showed gameplay, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh no!" Yeah, I, Craig I the brute. It. That was yeah.
1: another infamous moment, and <laughs> it, it's so funny to think about because the odds were stacked against Halo Infinite and in three for three. For for years at this point, but yeah, within this one week, we're recording this on on the nineteenth, and my timeline is full of Halo, full of people talking about Halo that I didn't even know liked Halo. That's how that's how many people are like like, enjoying the the multiplayer, and even me, someone who was going into Halo Infinite and being like, if this is in Halo Two, I'm gonna be super critical of this game. And lo and behold, I love this game. This game's multiplayer, at least. I haven't played the campaign, but uh, yeah, they're they're doing everything right right now. As as someone who puts Halo Two as like one of their favorite games of all time, this game this is really speaking to me right now. And I'm a happy camper so far. <laughs> <laughs>
0: even even I have like, because like, like you said, the timeline is just filled with Halo. Definitely. Even I have been like, damn, maybe maybe this is something I should kind of look into. <laughs> Uh, is it is it like Call of Duty in that sense of like uh, cause nobody plays Call of Duty for the story like everyone plays for multiplayer? Right. Is it like that now or is it still like people are still super interested in the story?
1: I think it's both. Uh, right. I think you you have speci- I think you have three groups of people who are you know the diehard competitive multiplayer people, the campaign focused people, and then the mix of both, which which I I fall into that camp, but. I do think that more people are interested in the story and multiplayer aspects of Halo more than you see in like the Call of Duty uh, division where people are like, campaign is so secondary at this point to Call of Duty that everything is just about the multiplayer. Um, but truthfully, Halo is kind of the antithesis or like kind of like the polar opposite of of Call of Duty, to be honest in in every uh fashion of of how you play online it, it's just so different it's an arena shooter so it it serves you know functionally way different than call of duty does and we don't really get arena shooters anymore at least in the triple a space on console
0: i i'm gonna be honest i don't i don't know what that means like what is an arena shooter
1: arena shooter is basically like instead of okay so you know drawing let's let's draw to call of duty so you know how a lot of the maps are they're balanced in a way in terms of their their design and layout but they're not like a mirror of each other like uh, point a and point b aren't one-to-one mirrors oh that's more more akin to an arena shooter where you can kind of draw like a a side and b side to to like you could cut it in half and it's nearly identical to the point where like weapon spawns and vehicle spawns stuff like that sure give or take a, a few elements here or there but usually a lot of these a lot of these maps and even in halo infinite's multiplayer they're they're one-to-one the same so if you know one side of the map you know the other side you know what you're going to get get yourself into so you can you can kind of wrap your mind around Uh, layouts a little easier and kind of build strategies around that differently
0: do you not create classes like you pick up weapon spawns
1: and stuff yeah uh, yeah yeah so it's again polar opposite of of call of duty where you're not you're not creating loadouts you're not you're not uh, putting attachments on your weapons and everything no you have your assault rifle you have your pistol to start out and you pick up guns along the way from spawns and stuff and it's all about creating that metagame of okay we're, we're gonna our team is gonna control all the power weapons and all the all the like cool abilities that the that the map spawns and use that as our advantage against the team it's not let's unlock let, let's get this gun to level 50 so we have all the uh, attachments and yeah. that way we can win against the other team no it's you you arrive on the on the map on a level playing field and it just comes down to skill and knowledge of the map
0: and again this is just public perception and seeing stuff on the timelines and and stuff mm-hmm. like metacritic but it seems yeah. like this year more than ever like stuff like call of duty and battlefield are like getting panned critically like like and again i i don't play either of these games i don't know anything i'm just going off like public perception yeah what why do you think that is when compared to halo where like people are going nuts for halo like people love it like why do you what is the contrast because you i think i saw that you played vanguard right
1: yeah yeah pretty extensively like when it came out and then halo came out and i haven't thought about vanguard this entire (laughs) week honestly um and i think i think for one halo is the underdog like like we've already talked about halo has seen dark days and i don't know if a lot of people were expecting this to kind of blow up the way it did but
0: i i feel like like again in my mind yeah xbox is the underdog like for the past two Absolutely. generations yep. they've been the underdog and it's always just been people being like just make games please just like make Something original and exclusive, and of course, they have like Halo and Gears, but of course, yeah. Uh, I feel like this is like you know, this just goes to show if they do that and if they do it well, you know, people are there, man. Like, this again, yep. like in in such a busy time of the year for games where there's massive, massive games literally, the three biggest games of Call of Duty, Battlefield, and, and Grand Theft Auto halo is just like in everybody's mindset everyone's talking about it and praising it like i don't know but yeah Yeah. sorry continue
1: no i was gonna say i think for everyone at 343 they're thanking their luckiest stars right now because (laughs) the the odds were stacked against them especially this year like you said you have call of duty coming out with which is always a behemoth every single year you don't even have to bet your bottom dollar it's gonna sell a lot of um a lot of uh, copies and Battlefield was kind of like the wild card where it could have gone either way or I was like ah, people are either going to love this game or kind of just forget about it mm-hmm. and Halo was the one where even I was like out of the three I don't know if a lot of people are going to jive with Halo because just the public perception and how easy is it going to be to kind of attract a new audience to it um, to an arena shooter where everyone is so used to the Call of Duty model right mm-hmm. and Yeah, Halo came out, or or, sorry, Call of Duty came out, and a lot of people were like, nah, this isn't it, Chief. Battlefield came out, or at least it's like uh, early access, and people were like, oof, this is really rough. They should have delayed this. And then Microsoft just drops Halo Infinite's multiplayer early. Like, that's a perfect storm for success, Mm -hmm. where everyone was like, yes, this is it. This is what I need right now, a multiplayer game that I can just jump into for free by all means, like it's free to play, yeah. uh, this component of Halo Infinite, and yeah, just I I think it was just the the perfect storm for them, and any other year, I think it wouldn't have gone gone down this way. If if it was like last year with uh, Black Ops Cold War, for instance, that game sold well. It was it was developed really well. Uh, I I don't know if going toe to toe with that game would have been as successful as as mm-hmm. this year.
0: I wonder if it's just because I, I was talking about some friends with this just the kind of public uh, i guess emotion towards franchises like this where people are kind of getting burnt out because it's like becoming so prevalent of like holy shit i'm buying the same game every year with like call of duty right and it's like yeah it's like it, it it feels a little bit copy and paste and again I could be completely wrong because I, I I don't pay attention to these games. I did I did buy uh, Cold War, but again I was like I'm I'm done because it's always I buy it I play it for five days and I pick it up like twice a year going forward. Sure. Like, yeah. So, um, and again, like you said, Halo is such the underdog where it's been such a long time and such a longer time where it's been to such done to such a high degree where people are like fuck yeah this is this is the time man
1: yeah um and I think you're you're 100% right in that you know you do get into this this rhythm where games do feel samey whether I mean Battlefield is a little different because it isn't an annual game but Call of Duty specifically every year you can kind of tell what you're getting yourself into with Call of Duty Halo it's been six years since the last Halo coming coming into this one Right? It, time really flies. <laughs> and I think there's just a general excitement to, one, see the underdog kind of succeed in this, and two, just to get more Halo content. It's It's been long enough that I think enough people who are diehard Halo fans, or even tangentially a Halo fan, are like, okay, I'm ready for more. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, the Call of Duty people who are like, okay, I guess I'm buying another one, yeah. because Activision told me so. <laughs> so... And also, uh, another thing I just want to shout out to the the Halo team at three four three is that they're doing something that I think a lot of other first person shooter communities are begging for, and it's being transparent and, com- and like communicating with the audience. Uh, I don't know like if you've seen it on your timeline and everything, but with like Halo Infinite, the the battle pass system was- came out and was like left a little more to be desired. And immediately immediately they were like, We hear you. We're going to work on it. We're going to take back all the feedback. We're not going to jump the gun and change everything right now, but we're going to look at it and kind of analyze this. Whereas Vanguard, that game came out, the multiplayer, while still functioning good from a moment-to-moment gameplay loop, I thought was really good. Uh, Stuff like spawns were broken, stuff like audio was off, and for, I think, 72 hours, if not more than that, after launch, all they were doing on their, like, Twitter was just posting, like, launch hype videos and self-congratulation stuff and everything. I was like, well, <laughs> like, that's, that's like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I, I'm all for, like, a team celebrating the successful launch of a game. Go, go right ahead. But at the same time, address some complaints It'll make your community feel like you're being heard and that's something that's really going a long way for for three for three right now
0: mm-hmm. i i feel like developers really i don't know they they neglect that right like it's it's yeah. th- the transparency like how hard is it to just be like yo we're gonna fix this or or like again this is i i, I feel like a, a big thing with developers is like you play a game and you're like why did they do this like why did they make this like like weird decision and then you listen to like some podcast with one of the developers or something and they explain it and it's like oh damn that makes sense okay like i I, sure we don't know game development they do yeah it's like you know if if it's such a problem or like you know uh i i guess the usual response would be like well just fix it just like hurry up and fix it just like the more transparency Developers give I feel like the better understanding people will have of game development and how hard it is and the time it takes and Just make people feel Better in something like a game like this, which is it's an investment like like even though it's a free-to-play game Like you said the multiplayer like you want people playing these games for years Especially for something like halo where like you said it's been six years like call of duty might not matter as much they probably just want to push out the battle pass and like the dlc pack so that you know pe- yep. they keep getting that constant revenue stream but yep. if you do it right and it seems like they have uh, just from public perception of what you said like people could be a talking about this for a long time or b this could be a lot of other people's call of duty too, where they might try it or somebody who hasn't played for 10 plus years comes back to it and they're like damn, this is awesome. Like this feels like it it was back in the day. I'm gonna get my friends, like we're gonna have a good weekend. Cause you know, that's what a a healthy game does. And a lot of us saw stuff like that during COVID when we were all home to do stuff like that, right? Like when we, all of our friends were around and games came out and we're like, yo, this is done right. And like now me and my friends can just dick around for like a week and play this game. And it's, you know, great gaming memories. Not you know, not yeah. that I'm trying to push those. It's not like my whole brand of this podcast is on that. absolutely if, not. If no, developers no, no, no. could you know do a better job, <laughs> yeah, maybe I have more episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Drive the content exactly no i i I think you're absolutely right in that. um foraging a good community will only benefit the game at the end of the day, and right now, I think. Halo Infinite is is primed to give me those same vibes as Halo 2 did. Where I mean, again, going back to the the social media timeline and, and public perception right now, I, I'm feeling similar things where, you know, when I was 14, I was stuck in school going through classes and be like, well, what time do I get to go play Halo 2? <laughs> Nowadays, I'm I'm seeing like my social feed and people talking about, oh, I'm just, you know, on my lunch break or whatever playing Halo Infinite. I was like I wish I could be doing that. <laughs> like, I, 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 like how many hours until, until I can go and do that? Like th- those are the same vibes I'm getting right now. And man, I'm being br- being brought back to my high school days and yeah. it's awesome.
0: <laughs> I remember my, my friend Jeff at a jump cut. He, I, I remember him tweeting being like, yo, I think I'm going to tell my, my boss. I'm not feeling well so I can go home and play Halo. Cause like it was the day it dropped, right? Everyone was like, whoa. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I think the mark of, like, a true good game is, like, you know, when you're doing something passive, when you're, like, you know, you're at work or you're, like, eating or something, and you're like, I just have to get back. I just, like, I want to get back to playing this game. And it's kind of all you can think about. Yeah. But. Uh,
1: yeah. And I think those kinds of experiences are kind of few and far between nowadays. At least for me, I I don't get that very often where I have a game that's, like, super. All encom- uh, encompassing in, in, in my life, like because I review a lot of games, I I, I feel like I I drop into games, hyper uh, hyper play them for like a week or so, and then kind of just drop out and forget about them. Having mm-hmm. access to like a, a game like this right now, it just yeah, like like you said, kind of just brings me back to an earlier time where it, it's just really cool cool to see uh so many people kind of vibe with with a game that I, uh, a franchise that i i hold hold on to so deeply
0: was there anything either back in the day or looking back on it now with like a new perspective that you wish halo 2 did kind of different or better or maybe like they corrected it later on
1: I don't think so i i honestly do think that for the time and space that it released in, it was the perfect game it needed to be um in terms of like its gameplay its ingenuity in terms of like introducing these cool uh multiplayer focused features and stuff like that um its soundtrack uh it's incredible as well uh there's not really too much that i could say i wish that they did better i mean like I said, the Master Chief Collection, when you when you look at the the anniversary edition, that that came out what seven years ago, six years ago or something like that. Dang. It's still one of the one of the no, even more than that, God. Yeah, probably like seven or eight years ago at this point. And uh yeah, eight years ago, sorry. Two thousand four, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, so when that game came out, they they redid all like the, the graphics and everything. That game is still like the cutscenes are still one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Uh, like go back, look at cutscenes uh, from the anniversary, and you'd be like, "That there's no way that that mm-hmm. game came out all those years ago." It, it's just one of the the prettiest looking games, and yeah, I I don't know, I I, I don't think that there's too much you could have could have done differently with that game when it first came out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I... I... I think that's a a true testament to any great game is like, you know, 15 20 years later it's like it still holds up. Like it doesn't matter if it's gameplay, art style, graphics, like it's yeah. it's like dang, I'd still still go back and play this, especially from uh a game back then uh like, you know, the the PS1 and N64 era and then like kind of including stuff like the GameCube and the Xbox era like some of those games when you go back are rough like they look very rough and something yep. you know stuff like uh halo or fable like they still look good even even like without the anniversary collections like they still yeah. look fucking great it,
1: it it's so funny and i think that that goes into just how good the games play uh, from like a very basic level when i i remember years and years ago uh, I went and found a copy of Goldeneye, and I brought it home. And I was so stoked to like dust off my old N64, plug it in, and I was like, "Oh, this game does not—you can't play this game anymore."
0: <laughs> like, have you tried yeah. to play
1: Goldeneye in the last like five, six years? It just—you cannot play it. Like, my brain doesn't operate that way anymore.
0: I always tell people, I'm like, this game, like, it's—it's just—it doesn't hold up. Like, it's—it looks terrible too, and they're like, "Oh no, it's a." It's a masterpiece. It's like, when's the last time you played it, man?
1: <laughs> exactly. And some of those games, like you were saying, going back to like the the PS one, PS two era, or like PS one N sixty four era, just let those games be because <laughs> yeah. they just don't hold up anymore. They don't follow like modern conventions. Luckily, Halo two does uh, from a base level.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, I'm curious, like, what was it that made you choose Halo two over Combat Evolved?
1: I think just because of everything it did to enhance Combat Evolved, uh, from oh, okay. like the story to the gameplay, the music, the settings, everything about it just elevated combat. what Combat Evolved was. And then adding to it the, the online infrastructure was just so revolutionary uh, for the time that, yeah, it, it was just a better built game from the ground up uh, over mm-hmm. Combat Evolved.
0: Is there anything else you want to mention about it or kind of briefly discuss or
1: I don't think so. I think I think we uh, I guess I guess the only thing I am I'm, I'm really curious about from from your perspective being an, an outsider and everything growing up did you know that Halo 2 had this kind of following in, from the community like I, I don't think that you'd be hard-pressed to talk to, like, a Halo fan and and have them say, like, Halo 2 is the best game out of the franchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll say Halo Reach or something, but from an outsider perspective, were you aware of that? Were you cognizant of that at all?
0: No. I, I remember we discussed this, like, in our DMs earlier. Like, I have had such a weird gaming history where it's, like, because I had, some like, the PS1, and I missed all the classics on that and I had an Xbox and the only real Xbox classic that I played was fable. I didn't play any halo. Uh, when I got a 360, I didn't play any gears of war. Um, and I, I didn't really learn about halo until, uh, like I said, one of my friend's brothers, he had halo three and like eventually halo reach and, and ODST and stuff like that. Um, and I'd always see him and his friends playing it. And then one time he's like, yo, you know, he like challenged me to play and what my ass like immediately. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember hearing about it. I, I think just it's cause growing up, like I was a Nintendo kid and I, I didn't hear about it probably till like I was around, uh, 11, 12, 13, which was like 20 2009 like 2010 stuff like that and then just as i got older it just it i was never a big fps guy i really only played call of duty with my friends yeah um but i don't know lately i've especially because of infinite i've been thinking about trying it and god knows i i did eventually buy uh an xbox one and I pay for, you know, Game Pass every month despite not using it. Yeah. And, you know, I do, you know, on a rainy day, my mind drifts to, huh, I pay for this. Maybe I should try Halo. <laughs>
1: well, just throwing it out there, if you ever do slide into my DMs, I'll happily join you up for, for some co-op <laughs> or, or play online because, yeah... Uh, the Halo franchise is something like I'll go back to at least once a year and not play through all of them, mind you, but uh, I'll go back to some of those older games just to kind of revisit and see if I do gain a different perspective of them from time to Mm -hmm. time. And if I appreciate certain qualities um, because of like modern conventions and changes like that. But yeah, I, uh, it's such a, it's such a fun time. And like you said, game pass is just such a great platform for those games to just exist and, yeah and and grow with like a new audience and stuff like that Mm -hmm.
0: is it is it because you know like we said games from back then uh a lot of people go back to it and they're like oh this doesn't hold up or oh i feel differently like has public perception changed a lot in the past like 10-15 years because again from what i've heard and and from stuff you've been saying like as far as I know, people still consider this like one of the greatest games of all time.
1: Yeah, I think Halo Two specifically uh, holds up incredibly, and that's in part thanks to like the anniversary uh, edition, where which just kind of elevates the visuals and makes it feel look uh, contemporary. It, it still handles like it did in, in two thousand four. But that being said, it didn't. It hasn't gone out of fashion. The, the way we play first person games back then. Is, almost the same we play them now so um i i think this the real struggle is with people who are maybe you know listening to this and they're like oh maybe i'll start from the beginning halo combat evolved is the one that has like a few rough edges to it in terms of like the the pacing of it and just the the style of it public per- or perception within the community i don't think has changed over that game because nostalgia is such a powerful drug that people Mm -hmm. still look at that game and they're (laughs) like man that game is so awesome and and that's exactly why i think a lot of people are looking at halo infinite and they're like oh man this game is going to be so good because it's giving me halo combat of all vibes Mm -hmm. um so but from a outsider perspective coming in i do think that one that game is the only one that you might have a a bit of like hesitation with it is like oh this game's kind of slow. the The pacing is kind of off, and everything. But then once you get into like Halo Two and all the other games, it's it's all just money at that point. Like it's it, it's really really yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. I I know a
0: big part of of uh, you know most FPS games is within the multiplayer stuff, like map design. And since you said it is an arena shooter, like what mm-hmm. is it about Halo games or something like Halo Two or Infinite that makes like a good multiplayer map. Cause from what I've seen is that halo maps are very, and again, this is mostly from infinite, like seeing people yes. use this like crazy grapple thing. And they're like spider manning around. Like, is it, are halo maps like big and open? Like, are they really large? Um, and like, how many is it? Cause I think call of Duty's is like five V five or six V six. Is it like big? And, and I know again, I'm rambling, Didn't they say they were going to do Battle Royale? I can't remember.
1: That was the rumor. Uh, Nothing's ever been confirmed. There is, like, people did, like, data mine one of the earlier, like, test flights. And there is, like, voiceover stuff kind of hinting towards the possibility of Battle Royale. Who knows if that's, like, a a later feature uh i wouldn't Mm -hmm. be shocked i think that would be a huge misstep if they don't do it but i digress um yeah the arena shooter is so you have the the 4v4 uh kind of like base slayer capture the flag oddballs uh game types and stuff like that and then you have big team battle which take place on like larger maps um which is eight eight versus eight and so it's not as hectic and chaotic as like call of duty can be as especially like battle Royale games can be nowadays, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of smaller. And I think the thing about uh, your question of like the halo maps and what people kind of like about them is just interesting biomes, interesting, just interesting map design, whether or not it's just having uh, different buildings involved or different ways for, or different paths for vehicles to go down and stuff like that. I think A lot of people kind of always go back to calling Halo's multiplayer like a sandbox where it's like Halo is very physics based and Mm -hmm. being able to play around with those physics within an online competitive setting makes Halo what it is and that's that's kind of why you look at like halo 4 and halo 5 and people were like i'm not really vibing with this because they didn't capitalize on that sandbox if you can think of it you can do it kind of mentality that's why the grapple hook is such a cool thing for halo infinite because it is yeah that spider-man thing of when you see like a banshee flying overhead and you're like i'm just gonna grapple hook on that kick the <laughs> pilot out commandeer it and start flying around yourself but that's fucking awesome right like that's that, that's I, that sandbox thing where it's like I wish I could do that in real life, why or in a video game even? Why can't I just do that? And Halo Infinite gives you those moments. That's so cool. And yeah,
0: I swear back in the day, what I remember from like again the few times I've played was like doing crazy shit with vehicles and like getting on the little four wheeler hog thing and like trying to like yep. launch myself off stuff or like I like booster things or something that like make me f- yep make me flew or. Yep. I think I remember I think it was Halo 3 and my friend's brother and his friend they were like there was like this map and then the middle it was like two big jagged I don't know I can't like I don't remember that well but it was like they would like drive vehicles off it and like jump off and they had these like energy swords or axes or something oh yeah and they yep. try to like hit each other while they like flew past each other it was crazy yeah so yeah, that again—that's what like I know Halo as, and just seeing it as like, you know, people like propelling themselves with grenades and Spider-Manning around. But, um, so yeah, basically, that's it. What you're, yeah, what yeah. you're saying is like it's—it's it's the openness of the map and kind of like how you use physics with within that space that makes it so special.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just inciting creativity um mm-hmm. I, I put up like a clip on, on on twitter playing halo infinite where we were playing capture the flag and so on grab the flag out of our base and as they're going through like that uh, that propulsion thing that you're talking about that would like uh it throws you like halfway across the map he's going through it and just at the last second i used the grapple hook on him he goes flying, <laughs> pulls me with him. I catch up to him and I melee him in the back, back of the head, and he he dies dropping the flag. And it was like that. That's such a cool moment um, yeah. that you just don't find like Call of Duty, for instance. You couldn't do that in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. That would never exist in Call of Duty, right? It's um, always just run it, not,
0: and die in five seconds. Like it's you know. exactly.
1: And I mean, I I, I don't begrudge. I, I myself love love Call of Duty for uh, for what it is, but it's not Halo. And Mm. I think a lot of people just like Halo because it is Halo. And that's exactly what you're getting out of it. Are these like over the top moments where when you pull off a stunt like that, you're like, that was fucking cool.
0: (laughs) Isn't uh, because, you know, one of the big things that came from Halo was that red and blue show. Isn't that still going on?
1: Red versus Blue, yeah, yeah from Booster yeah, yeah, yeah. Teeth. Yeah, I think so. I was never really into it, uh, to be honest. I think I watched the first season because my friend was super into it. I was like, "This is cool. This is like creative," but I don't really. I I never really kept up with it, but I think it's still going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that's really all the questions I have for you, Steve. If unless there's something else uh, you really want to discuss, I know it's kind of a shorter episode. No, I don't episode. think so.
1: Yeah, no, I I had a blast doing this. This was awesome, going through um, and just kind of you know remembering all these all these cool cool moments about Halo Two and like why why it meant so much to me. It was it was a blast doing this. So so thank you for inviting me on here and kind of just letting me geek out about a game.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like this is definitely the kind of game. Where, you know, if you talk about more recent games, people talk about how great they are and, like, you know, they get into mechanics and stuff. But if you get into a game where, like, somebody played it in, like, prime childhood or, like, high school, it's, like, they just have these, like, super rich stories that, like, anyone can relate to, right? Because everybody in the gaming space, like, it didn't matter if you had ten friends or one friend. Like, you had that one game where it's, like yo, I'm going to bust down the doors of school to run home and play this game with my friend and we're doing nothing all weekend. We're just like, we're eating Cheetos and and playing fucking Halo 2.
1: Exactly, yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, seeing how, how much love is out there for Halo Infinite right now and everything, I really do, I'm really excited for what the future of Halo can be. Like, I really hope that, you know, kids growing up right now look at Halo Infinite and they're like, oh, that's going to be my Halo 2. The mm-hmm. game that, you know, I can't wait until I can come back home from school and just play with my friends for for yeah, hours and, and hours.
0: A lot of people, like, you know, as you get older and, and people like us, is like, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for any kind of series, no matter what it is, to grow with its audience but also you still have to realize that this is a lot of people's new game. Like, literally yeah. right before we hopped on the call, I was playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. And I have a lot of, like, I love Pokemon. I have a lot of grievances with Pokemon because, you know, I'm 24. And the games are not exactly made from our age group. But it's like, (laughs) you know, yes, the games are made for kids. But at the same time, it's like, oh, the game's too easy. Or the tutorial's too long. Or it babies you. It's like, yeah, but you also have to realize that this is a lot, a whole generation's first Pokemon game. And, like, same with the next game in the next game. And, but it's also fun because it's, like, yo, you you realize that and you're, like, yo, every new entry means more fans, like, fans that are going to stick around for life, make the community bigger. And, like we were talking about with the whole midnight launch thing, it's, like, yeah, maybe I'm not getting the same feeling as uh, back in the day when I was in school and I was just dying to play every second. But it's, like, you get a little hint to that. You get a whiff of it, and just for like, you know, that five seconds where it's like, oh, you get like giddy. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I I think there's something really special about having ownership over a franchise or a, a specific game, but then also just having that awareness that like, yeah, the community is just gonna grow, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna find more people who can ha- can talk to you about these games. Like, that that's really awesome.
0: No, I'm, I'm honestly just like. As an outsider, it's so cool to see, like, the metamorphosis of people loving it. And then, you know, like you said, it was the dark times and the rough patch. And yeah. and now, and it's just like, we're back, baby. Like, hell yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop rambling. Steve, it's been great talking to you. Where can people find Likewise. you? And what else yep. do you want to plug?
1: Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at svigbari, where I'll undoubtedly just be talking about Halo Infinite for the next <laughs> month or so, uh, leading up to you know the launch of the campaign and well past that because yeah. The hype train doesn't stop right now. Until until there's an actual problem with this game, the hype train's not going to stop for me. Uh, I'm su- super excited about that. But yeah, you can also find all my work on iPhone in Canada, Console Creatures, Squad, Mobile Syrup, and then the Canadian Geek Cast, which we record every Sunday at 11 a.m. on Twitch. Uh, you can also find that on podcast services as well. Just search Canadian Geek Cast. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you again for uh, for bringing me on here, and we'll we'll definitely have you back on the show at some point to of geek course. out about other stuff. Yeah, this was awesome.
0: Yeah, um, again, I'm not just saying this because I've been on the show, but everyone watching, please go check out GeekCast. It's super great. Everybody has like very different perspectives, and. Yep. It's just nice to feel some Canadian love.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, again, thank you, Steve. Uh, Of course, everyone, I've been your host as usual, Sterling Silver. You can find me on Twitter, at Silver Sterling. Check out one of my other podcasts, the Simply Anime Podcast. And uh, I think by the time... next episode or this airs i'll have a cool announcement to make which i already kind of spoiled to steve which is super fun but i'm excited for the future this has been a great episode honestly like I, you know like i said didn't know what we were talking about don't know anything about halo this is great i loved it i'm (laughs) rambling i love you guys thank you steve (laughs) it's been awesome all right bye everyone bye